to the Gen X Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Trish the Dish. And you know, about a year ago, I lost a good friend and um, I dedicated a whole um, episode to her. Um, And uh, you know, it's been about a year and uh, grief is a funny thing. Um, you know, and, and this time of year is a funny thing. So I thought that, um, I would, um, just hang out with you guys again for a little bit and, uh, just kind of, you know, update you on some things and, um, you know, and just kind of talk about, um, just that the sort of, I don't know, this time of year and, and some of the things that it kind of brings up and, and things like that. So, um, so yeah, welcome to another solo edition of the Gen X Voice podcast. Um, yeah, and, and hopefully you guys are used to the fact that like I awkwardly laugh when um, I'm feeling awkward. So uh, yeah, there might be some untimely laughter and, and things like that. But I guess uh, first and foremost, you know, um, man, I I think about where everyone was a year ago, um, you know, and having lost clove um you know just you know i'm I'm about to to come upon 46 um and getting close to what would have been her 45th birthday and um i don't know i'm kind of overwhelmed with this sort of gratitude and um which might sound ironic talking about the death of a friend but um you know when you're kind of doing life solo Um, I was listening to uh, the E14 podcast. You'll be hearing um, separate uh, interviews with the two hosts, Heath and and Jamie, um, coming up in the next couple episodes. But um, they had a guest on that was like, you know, the world is is set up um, for couples. And, um, and I, man, I really, I had, that wasn't the first time I heard that, you know, and I, and I thought like, yeah, I really... I know that. I mean, it is so hard. Um, you know, my last last month I did the, uh, you know, midlife rent crisis episode. And, um, you know, just how shitty it is to come up with so much money every month for rent. Um, you know, and also, you know, just life like doing things. Um, you know, it's not nearly as fun to um, do adventure time and road trips and things like that when you're solo. Um, I do it. Um, and I, and it's not that I don't enjoy it. Um, I, I've spent a lot of times in nature alone. Um, super stoked. Do you know what I mean? Like not feeling sorry for myself, feeling super grateful for, uh, just the beauty that I'm in and coming outside of myself and, and being alone in nature kind of uh, lends itself to doing that for me. But it wasn't always like that. Um, and it definitely, uh, seemed to increase in, um, positive experiences when I got a dog. I'm not going to lie. Um, having a dog, um, you know, and my dog Savannah is like past the fuck out on my bed right now by the pillows. And it's so cute. Um, you know, um, there is something to be said about having, you know, another heartbeat around and stuff like that. But, you know, I went to, um, I went to see Courtney Barnett, um, uh, last night. Um, I mean the night before I record this and I went alone, um, because, uh, my friend is not vaccinated and we didn't get our test results for the, um, COVID, you know, test, uh, in time. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, I went to shows all the time by myself, like when I lived in New York city and, um, it wasn't really a big deal. And it, and it's funny because, um, you know, like I saw death cat for cutie by myself. I saw, um, cat power by myself, which I feel like cat power is like the kind of show you go to as a loner chick. And then I kind of felt that way about Courtney Barnett. I'm like, here is this sort of, um, this rockin' powerful chick, um, like how much more rockin' and powerful as a chick can I be than showing up to a Courtney Barnett show solo at almost 46 years old? Um, but I mean, it's, it kind of was a pain in the ass. Like I literally thought about how, well, fuck, I got to leave the show early because I've got to pay the, uh, meter or, um, you know, 
because I, or leave, right? Because I, you know, the idea of like going there and paying the meter and coming back, I was like, ugh, you know. Um, and also thinking about the fact that I'm going alone in this, like, I don't know if it's a dodgy part of Phoenix, but it wasn't like the coolest, safest place of Phoenix. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so like, I don't know. That kind of sucked. Um, because if you were, um, in a a, a couple. You know, you can be like, can you go out and move the car? You know what I mean? Or run out and feed the meter or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's funny. You know, I uh, I decided to shift my thinking a couple years ago where um, I decided to stop being a victim. And uh, those of you that have been um, listening to the podcast for a while, I know that you know my story and um, just, you know, the sort of fucked up childhood I had. And, you know, um, that had a lot of um, really long standing effects on who I was as a person and the things that I sort of the way that I viewed the world and things like that. And, um, you know, about the, about the time I turned 42, um, just like my friends at, um, you know, Gen X Woman talk about in numerology, that's like a magic number where women um, or people in general, just they there's like a shift that occurs that sort of like it's almost like the key point of, of midlife. And I just kind of made a promise to myself that like, I'm tired of feeling this way. I don't really want to live the next 42 years like this if I'm lucky enough to be alive that long, you know. And um, so so having that new perspective in life, I guess, is like, uh, has really helped me sort of navigate the whole rent situation. Um, which I mean, I don't know, that's, that's sorting itself out. Uh, don't really need to go into detail about that, but, um, it's sorting itself out. That's how I'm gonna, that's how I'm gonna tell you guys, um, for, for, for good or for bad. Uh, but it's keeping me from feeling sorry for myself, just like, um, you know, being completely alone in a sense, um, during the pandemic, um, having this new lens kept me, kept me sane. Um, you know, I have a propensity toward depression and like pretty nihilistic, nihilistic. I, I think of annihilating myself. I don't know. I think, I think annihilistic is the appropriate term there. Um, have a propensity toward, you know, the dark, um, the dark thoughts and the dark side. And, um, and I have struggled with that my whole life. Um, and even with this new lens, I hear that sort of same recognizable dark chatter, but I don't, I don't fall into the rabbit hole anymore. I already know what's down there. I've already drank the potion. I've already felt small and big. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I'm not going to therapy. I'm not taking any medication, you know, but having that different perspective on life has helped me so much. Like, so again, you know how I love to beat around the bush, y'all. <laughs> Talking about a year ago, um, I mean, I was devastated by the news of Clove. Um, we were just talking about having her on the podcast. And the very next message, she's in the hospital and tells me she has COVID. And then like, literally two days later, my best friend calls me and says, she's gone. And I really, I screamed, cried, <laughs> my poor Kate, <laughs> her ears. Um, but, you know, I immediately like, I, I need to reach out to my friends, you know, um, almost like networking, like emotional networking, um, instead of wallowing and, and I don't know, death is a really interesting thing because, um, I don't know how you all have experienced it in your life. And if you haven't yet, wow, like you're super lucky. Like, um, this is probably the closest death I've ever experienced. Like I've had people die around me, but maybe I wasn't as close to them at the time or, you know, it was like, I don't know, a distant relative or something like it was awkward or, and terrible, but not like soul destroying. Like, like this one had the sort of, uh, ability to be, but um, reaching out to my friends and just sort of, you know, sharing stories about her and just sort of like appreciating this, this world that we lived in together with this human in it, um, and being grateful and just sort of like recognizing that gratitude being like, wow, yeah, this is, I'm so grateful. Like literally just saying that 
like that's just like this positive affirmation um that like i feel like i've always known the power of positive thinking and you know i've always sort of likened myself to a, a pretty optimistic um and 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 happy person but like i said i mean i have i have a super dark side i've i've man i've destroyed some relationships because of it um you know just just being you know fully transparent like it's it's really weird like sometimes you wonder if that astrology stuff is like spot on because like my sun sign sagittarius and that's super outgoing and da la la and then there's this gemini side to me that's like super insane because you got the twins and they're constantly battling each other and i i feel like i i have that a lot in my brain where it's like you're beautiful and amazing you're a piece of shit you should die <laughs> you know like again sorry awkward laugh because uh you know, those kind of thoughts are pretty fucking awkward and they're and they're pretty crazy. But, you know, I I want to tell you, especially during this time of year, because it can be triggering for a lot of us that like, um, man, don't get lost in that. Like you're not alone. Like there's so many of us that feel extra um around this time of year. I'm um I'm guesting on, or I did guess, it's been recorded, um, and hasn't come out yet, on the um untitled um, Gen X podcast, shout out to Lori, um, and Kate. Um, but, um, Lori, um, had me on to talk about a Christmas story and, um, I will be blasting that episode all over, uh, my social media. So at Gen X voice on Instagram for sure is where you need to follow me for that. And, uh, I definitely, um, you know, told her about my childhood and how Christmas was like this pretty terrible time of the year a lot of the times in my childhood. So, uh, you know, I had um, pretty terrible times. We lived in a car. I had pretty great times. We had more presents under the tree than we could think of. I had pretty terrible times where, um, you know, I was getting the shit beat out of me for hours on end. And I mean, well, that was pretty much ongoing. But, um, you know, also had these times of, you know, times where uh, we had a fucking extension cord um, from our house to the neighbor's house. And we, my mom traded drugs so that we could have electricity, um, you know, to having like a brand new 1992 Ford probe. I know all the Xers out there are like, what? And all the other people are like, what? <laughs> um, so, I mean, God, I mean, really, when I say that out loud, it's like you can't how can you possibly blame me for being a little bit of emotionally insane right? when you're going through all of that, even before you're like fucking 12? Um, well, I guess 16, because I brought up the pro, but uh, yeah, but uh, so Christmas, you know, for so many years, I, I, I didn't want to celebrate Christmas. Like, I don't want to be invited to your fucking family's Christmas. So I get to see what you have that I don't have. Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't, I don't want to buy into the materialism and the consumerism when like fucking half my Christmases, I didn't get shit. Um, and you know, and it didn't get love. So why are we focusing on gift giving and, you know, this Yuletide cheer? Fuck that. You know, um, I don't know, lots, of, lots of stuff to unpack there. Right. <laughs> like, um, but I, uh, yeah, I started, I started basically like taking back Christmas. <laughs> that sounds so cheesy to say out loud, but um, I celebrated Trishmas, goddammit, not Christmas. Um, sorry to all you Christians out there, but um, to me it was, listen, Christmas had been so far away from Jesus growing up that like, I mean, I went to midnight mass like a handful of times in my life. Um, so I never really thought that Christ had anything to do with Christmas anyway so i didn't feel that blasphemous plus i'm not really a christian you know what I'm saying? but basically um i was like no i want to celebrate my birthday you know my birthday's a week before christmas it's always been kind of forgotten and oh it's your birthday yeah motherfucker it's my birthday you know like y'all y'all who have birthdays in like june and like august like you're so lucky like people there's nothing else to celebrate. It's all about you. <laughs> yeah, super jealous about that. I remember one year I, I thought about celebrating my half birthday on June 16th, just so I could have like a summer birthday. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone um, jumped in on that, though. I think they all thought I was pretty, pretty crazy. But 
But yeah, so back to Trishmas, like that was pretty much a big thing for me and like really trying to celebrate myself, trying to give myself the Christmas or birthday that I I didn't get enough of as a kid, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the thing, the thing is though, is that, um, I still always felt like, I think, I think the whole Trishmas thing is a kind of feeling sorry for myself kind of response, right? Like no one's paying attention to me. I'm going to be extra. I'm going to do more to make sure everyone knows, you know, like I, I looked on, um, Facebook memories, you know, and there's like a, Hey, it's beginning to look a lot like Trishmas post. Um, that I posted and it's like, how egocentric can you be like, oh my gosh. Um, although I still really love it when my friends like wish me a Merry Trishmas and, you know, like I'm sending you a Trishmas gift and I'm like, oh man, I don't send gifts to (laughs) y'all. I barely remember y'all's birthday. Like, oh my God. Thank you. That's really sweet. (laughs) Um, must be a better friend. That's my (laughs) new year's resolution. Uh, just kidding. I don't make resolutions, but But, you know, um, there's also this like really beautiful thing about this time of year um, that I think that some some religions and some people practice, which is like, um, you know, you're you're grateful for the year you've had and you're, you know, sort of like planning and projecting what you want in abundance in the coming year. And, you know, just kind of like all the lights, like I just put up like the five Christmassy type things I have, (laughs) like the garland around the window and the lights and a couple, you know, balls, you know, shiny balls uh, around the apartment. It's just like, I don't know, it gives me enough joy. That's that's enough for me. When you're single, you just don't trim the tree, man. That's just not a thing that is like even remotely interesting. So again, tying that back to, um, you know, that this world is kind of created for a couple instead of a single person. And, um, I don't know. And this guy, the way he said it was so flippant, like I'm looking at people in in their mid thirties, like, why are you still single, bro? And I'm just like, Whoa, like some of us just aren't there yet with finding that person, right. That they feel like, okay, this is, okay, we're ready. We're ready to, to make this a forever thing. Um, uh, it, I don't think a lot of us are single, um, by choice choice. I think it's just that, uh, kind of when you miss that window in your twenties and maybe even early thirties, um, you know, that window gets harder and harder to find again. Um, you know, every, every, oh, so the reason I was bringing that up is because I was like, yeah, who wants to carry a tree up and down three flights of stairs? And, you know, why, why put so much energy into decorating something that only you're going to see? Cause I'm also kind of a shut in, right? Like I never have people at my apartment. Um, that may change when my new living situation happens in a year. Stay posted or I'll keep you posted. Stay tuned. That's what I really meant to say. Um, but yeah, like, uh, gosh, talk about like weaving in and out. Um, yeah. So I was, I was saying like, you know, it's, it's, it's a little harder to even want to try to find someone that you're like, that you connect with, like, and who the fuck wants to go over and over and over again? What do you do for a living? Where are you from? Where did you grow up? You know, what's your favorite band? I don't know. Just like the mundane, like, you know, it's almost like, like we should have a, a dating app that's like, okay, here, here are the rules to this dating app. You have to share your political view immediately and you have to share like the music you were into as a teenager. And then you can weed them out from there. Like no profile pictures, just all right, you're an anarchist that's in a Depeche mode. Okay, let's, let's, let's have coffee. Um, and the ironic thing, like, I'm going to share this with you all. And, um, you know, this happens in podcasting life. So if this person's listening right now, like, should never have gone into my real life, because now you're in a podcast, and you didn't even know it. Um, so yeah, so this is all, this is all sort of this gratitude thing. So um so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about like, yeah, I just gave you a little, a little taste. Now you got to just rest on that for a second while I kind of build out to that part again. Um, 
So I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about Clove. I'm thinking about where I was a year ago. I'm thinking about, so I'm, I'm doing this after I, I recorded three interviews today, um, thinking that I was going to uh, make one of them go live on, on, on Tuesday when, when this drops. But I was like, oh, I've got Solo in the calendar instead. And I thought, yeah, actually, I want to do that real quick. Um, so this, this pandemic has been a very interesting thing because I mean, for me, it was the kick in my pants to start a podcast. Right. And, um, man, I'm so grateful that you all are tuning in and listening and that you're continuing to be a part of this project and you're continuing to share your thoughts and, you know, messaging me when you like a guest or you like a topic or you want to hear a topic. Um, you like, you like it when I give a shout out to you and, you know, um, I, I feel you, I feel the same way. Um, it's, it's like such an equal thing. Like I, I love receiving that and I love that you love telling me that, you know what I mean? Like what a symbiotic relationship this is. I'm totally your, um, your rhino and you're my bird on top of my head. Like, thank you. Or my back. Um, like I think about all of the sort of groups that I was a part of, like the podcasters collective shout out to you guys. Um, you know, a year ago today, I was, I was moderating my first, um, podcast convention and, um, like what a gift, what a gift that was to be um, dealing with my very good friend of 20 some odd years death, going right into a podcast convention and having to um, be on for that, right? Because it was live streaming and I was hosting some things and I was on some panels and um, and I was moderating and making sure people's shows went on. Like, you know, um, being completely outside of myself giving, right? Because that was free. I was just donating time. Um, and I was just around such like positive, amazing people. Um, I, I really appreciate the kind of people that I've kind of crossed paths with in this journey, because so many of them are out to fucking change the world. I mean, this is like the last frontier of, of being punk. Like, we, I don't, I don't even care if you don't self-identify as, as punk or you think that was cool in the eighties. Um, but it isn't relevant now, but like the, the, the actual ethos of punk is this, this sort of like DIY, um, giving it to the man kind of like, uh, we don't, we don't need to, um, I don't give a fuck. This isn't on, you know, Joe Rogan level um, you know, YouTube status, like, um, those of you that are tuning in and you're, and you're my listeners, um, like we are collectively, um, building energy on anti-ageism and we are collectively appreciating voices that are marginalized or don't really have a platform, um, just never had a platform before. Like, I think that's, that's, that's really awesome. That's like what punk shows are like used to be about, right? Like people sharing their voice, uh, just maybe a little bit more to dance to and thrash about. Um, but you know, playing at sandwich shops and coffee houses, you know, and, um, you know, we're like, they're not getting in at Madison square garden. And a lot of us that, you know, never really was the goal. It was just like, and, and like how cool to like, you know, hear some band from some, corner of like Canada and being like, Oh my gosh, uh, one candle power, man, that band was fucking amazing. Oh, I loved them so much from Montreal came down to Springfield, Illinois to pay with play with resident genius, my old band. And like, you know, just like, I don't know, just love connecting with people all over that, that just sort of share this desire to like break down stereotypes and things now. Granted, uh, in the next couple episodes, you might hear some, you know, bantering and, and joking about, you know, generations and things. But, you know, I don't like to censor people. And like, if people are having a good time, and they're feeling safe, and they want to just fucking say, fuck this and fuck that, um, you know, that's, that's, that's them. I might laugh, like, whatever. But I know the goal of their heart is kindness. And, um, you know, I, I think we forget that that um, 
people joke and that's okay. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole other episode, right, y'all? Um, no, but anyway, so, um, you know, I made it through a, a Christmas season completely alone, which wasn't really that hard because I had enough Christmases alone um, as a child. But, you know, this was the first time as an adult that, like, I wasn't seeing my family in California, my aunt and uncle. You know, because none of us were vaccinated and um, everything was shut down and, you know, um, but I didn't lose, I didn't lose my mind. And, and here we are a year later and, you know, I'm vaccinated and boosted. So I got to go see Courtney Barnett. Um, she's amazing, by the way, guys, you need to follow her, listen to her music. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's so interesting, you know, um, and I think it's so important to remind ourselves that like everything does pass, like everything is cyclical. Everything is this. Now, in the deepest throes of my depression, it was years. That's a little bit of a different story. And I encourage everyone who feels years long depression to seek out therapy, to seek out anything that brings them joy and to do that as much as you can, as my uncle has always said, is like the recipe for happiness in life. I don't think he's that wrong. Um, but I, you know, my, so my bestie Kate in Portland, you know, she and I were talking recently. Um, and we've been having some fun, um, stoner chats because, um, you know, I ha she left me this vape pen when she was visiting a few weeks ago and I hadn't smoked in a year and a half and just, I don't know, didn't really feel the need to, um, but it's fun to get high and call her and have chats. And one of the things that she told me was about this neurological study that was happening in which, um, you know, these electromagnetic things are placed on the head so that you can have like a proper reading of the brain, like these brain scans. And, um, and they, and they were talking about, um, the need to connect with other humans as a sort of, um, recipe for, um, mental health. Um, I might be getting that a little off, but, um, even if, even if that's remotely close to it, um, man, does that really, um, oh, and, and, it, and it really, man, stoner talks, right? When you're sober, you're like, what the fuck do we talk about? Um, <laughs> uh, hold on, let me go grab my vape. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, not quite ready to get stoned and do an episode with y'all yet. <laughs> uh, maybe someday, but, um, uh, yeah, like, it was also um, people who, uh, oh, yeah, people who had um, empathy. And um, empathy is read through other people's faces and reflected back on our own faces. And there was this whole thing about those with Botox um, are unable to reflect the feelings back that they see. It's like they can't mimic the facial expression. Like, I don't know, you know, laughter is contagious. Like you, you tend to, you know, furrow your brow if someone's crying or, you know, maybe you widen your eyes if someone's angry, you know, there's reactions on your face. And when you have Botox, um, and this isn't an anti-Botox kind of thing, although y'all know that I'm not fucking doing that shit. Um, but, and I mean that in, in the nicest way, I'm just saying that's not for me. Um, don't mean to call it shit. I know lots of people do Botox, but beware because, um, the study showed that the people that had Botox who couldn't, uh, you know, sort of reply back in facial expression to the, the, the person, um, had, had lower levels of their brain being, um, what's considered empathetic, um, which I thought was super interesting. And, um, you know, and I think that's why, uh, you know, doing the podcast and having a bunch of live streams and, and also, um, having this amazing, you know, like, I don't know, 74 people showed up to the zoom that I, um, that I sponsored, I guess you'd call it that, um, for, um, Clove's, um, life celebration, like, um, I don't know, seeing each other's reactions and, and feeling each other's emotions and sharing the t stories and just seeing that, you know, and like seeing people in, in that way. I don't know about you guys, but what a great time to have a fucking pandemic, like to be able to have these sort of virtual relationships and, um, you know, out reaching out to humans, um, 
in this sort of digital realm. I think I've said it before. I think it's, I think it's really beautiful. And so it's part of that whole gratitude thing, right? Like I can't imagine having gone through a pandemic, first of all, as a child of an abusive mother and being trapped at home with her, um, my only escape was school. I, I mean, it, it, it brings tears to my eyes actually to even think, to even contemplate what children in abused homes were going through um, during, during like the, 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 the lockdowns. Ugh, you can hear it in my voice. I'm getting a little shaky. Like I, I know what it feels like to be like, God damn summer fucking summer vacation was like the worst fucking thing. And Although luckily my mom just wanted to kick me out of the house for the whole, you know, fucking 18 hours of the day. But, um, but shit, like dead of winter in, you know, in some of these parts of the country where you can't really go outside and, and, and escape like your abuser, um, women who are, you know, involved with these domestic violent, um, partners, like, oh, I just, I can't even imagine. Um, but I also can't imagine doing that without the ability to at least like FaceTime your friend or someone, you know, to see another face. So um, that's pretty interesting. Um, I, I love that you guys are tuning in for another like hour long monologue with Trish the Dish. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Appreciate you being here this long. I got to tell you a story, though. Like I've got to tell someone I'm going to burst um, if I, if I don't, and it's, and it's funny because it's like the kind of story that you want to sit down with your friends and have some drinks and, you know, a good laugh, uh, which I'll be doing, um, at some point this week. I'm just not sure exactly when. And, um, or, or, you know, like, it's just not something you could text out to people. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to share this story with you guys. Cause I think it's, it's pretty magical and also kind of in the theme of just gratitude and, um, you know, holding on for better days. Oh my God. If, if you would have told me that even six years ago, five years ago, I would have fucking laughed in your face. Like, (laughs) um, depression is such a deep monologue in and of itself that it's hard for anyone to break through. But if you happen to know anyone or you happen to, to hear this and you're going through this or know someone who has like, I, I really believe that there's hope. Um, God, I'm so cheesy and everyone's different. I understand that, but you know, recently, you know, I really love Chelsea Handler and I really love Sarah Silverman. And these are like my favorite Gen X comedians, um, who've really kind of paved the way for, for women comedians. Um, God, I just love them so, so much. Um, you know, they can be raunchy, but super intelligent, um, independent and feisty. And, and, um, you know, uh, Sarah Silverman found this, you know, is dating this guy Rory that she always likes to, um, talk about. You've got to check out her podcast. The Sarah Silverman podcast is fucking awesome. One of my favorites, um, that I tune into regularly. Um, you know, and, and she's what 55, um, ish, And, um, you know, Chelsea Handler, I believe is a year older than me. So she's 46 now, but I mean, like she will be 47 later in, in, in next year, uh, before I will be, um, she just, she just fell in love with, um, uh, was it, um, Joe Coy? Oh my God. He is a great comedian. I, I absolutely love this guy. Um, I hope I said his name right. And, um, you know, the point just being like, like, you know, to believe I'm not saying I'm in love guys. I'm just going to throw that out there before I tell the story. But the beautiful thing has unraveled in my life in the last, I don't know, 48, 72 hours. Um, with this guy that I knew 23 years ago, um, that, that met me while I was living in Montpellier, we agreed on email to, um, and we kind of knew each other from Flagstaff, but to meet up in Paris, um, on the night of my birthday, December 16th, 1998, um, at the pyramid at the Louvre. And, um, guys, I know, listen, someday I'll have him on the podcast and he can fucking verify this story. Cause what I'm about to tell you is like, that was in a movie in the nineties. No, I'm telling you, this is really my life. And, um, 
man, that moment of seeing him and hugging him and like, you know, it's it was nighttime by the time we met. So it was super beautiful and lit up. And of course, Paris is just all done up around the Louvre for Christmas. And, you know, we have coffee and then we go and, and try to have dinner and um, we, we finally find a place and it's wonderful. And then, um, I don't know, we just had this amazing connection. We decided to... Um, I don't know. We got lost in Paris. That was pretty fun the next day. I don't even know what we did. And then we somehow, um, I went up to Amsterdam with him and met up with my friend Martin, who could also verify this story, by the way. Um, and, and we just had this, uh, incredible fun time. The only picture I have from that adventure is like blurry lights. And it's a black and white picture. It's the only black and white picture I have, <laughs> by the way, of, of this whole experience I'm about to tell you. And, um, Anyway, so, so, so the guy leaves, um, you know, um, and, and he's like, Hey, I'm going to go see my friend in, in Germany. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Like have a great rest of your time in Europe. And like, thank you for this like magical, uh, couple days we had, like, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, he's the kindest, um, attractive, like just sweetest human ever. Um, and then, um, I go back down to Montpellier after hanging out in Amsterdam with my friend for I go down to Montpellier. By the way, this is, again, this is 23 years ago. I'm hanging out with my friend. Um, we're eating like fucking McDonald's and then um, spaghetti with ketchup for Christmas, <laughs> like dinner. Um, I lost my copy of On the Road, Jack Kerouac, on the fucking train because I got on the, I don't know, I got on some wrong train somewhere and was heading back to Lyon from, you know, I don't know, even, uh, it was terrible, it's terrible, terrible. Um, and I get this call and it's, and it's the guy, it's the guy. And he's like, uh, Hey, you speak French and, um, I'm going to Morocco. And before I could even say, um, well, I don't really have the money. He's like, I'll pay for everything. Don't worry about it. I was like, huh? Uh, okay. I'm there. Um, and this beautiful soul meets up with me in Montpellier, um, shaves my head to the skin, which was breathtaking and wonderful by the way um rubbing our bald heads together because he had a bald head at the time too uh that was pretty magical um very sexy too and uh you know we take this train um you know through spain um on new year's eve we're we're hanging out with this guy from portugal um with this bottle of wine and you know he's he only speaks Portuguese. I only, I speak ink. I speak some French and, and, and this guy speaks English and we somehow had a conversation with him. Um, and we, we take a ferry, uh, uh, from Spain to Africa across the Strait of Gibraltar. And guys, the, 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 the there's dolphins swimming in the water, um, with this beautiful, amazing human and, um, the sun setting over Africa. And I sat down on the boat and I was like, I would live my childhood a thousand times to sit here another time, another day. It was that magical. Like I, this poor white trash kid could not even like fully comprehend this experience that I was having, but I had the wherewithal to just sit and, and voice that, um, almost as my brain's way of being like, remember this forever. Like, I, I hope I'm on my deathbed and that's one of the last memories I have kind of thing. Right. And so we have this great week of, you know, I'll have to have him on the podcast at some point to, um, like unpack that journey because it was, I mean, unbelievable. Right. So anyway, 23 years go by. And just the other day, I get this message on Facebook. Every year, three, I log on to Facebook. This time around, I saw the dish in my friend's suggestions and just had to say hi. The other day, I was telling a friend how too much of my life is purely preposterous, that my life story seems stolen from cinema. I related a story of a beautiful girl, a New Year's Eve train ride through Spain, and a ferry ride across to Tangier with the full moon setting. I think he got that wrong, guys, but I'll have to work that out with him. Um... And freaking dolphins swimming alongside. I hope the years have treated you well. You've always had a fond place in my stories. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> um, it's just so crazy to have that story that I've been telling people for decades be told back to me as like, 
yeah, you really did have that amazing experience. And, um, you know, and I, I didn't respond right away because I was like, wow, how do I even process this? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not looking, I'm not dating. I'm not trying to um, open my heart out to anything. Not that I like immediately was like, oh, this guy and I, we're going to, we're going to get it on again. Um, It wasn't like that, but at the same time, it was like, oh God, like I need to know where my heart sits in all of this so that I'm not like being a creeper or, or being cold. Right. Um, and so I, um, I know you probably, you guys are like, uh, you can just be like, yeah, really good to hear you too. I don't think you understand like the, like, like this connection, like this kind of amazing, like you don't have these kind of, exp- this is like a before sunset kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like that you're just like, this isn't even real life. Like this only happens once in a movie that was made in the nineties. I, again, I swear I didn't steal this from anyone. This is real. He, he texted it back to me. So, you know, I immediately reach out to my best friend, Kate, and I'm like, Oh my God, listen to this. I was like, do I send the picture I have of us on the ferry? Cause I've, I've kept it all these years in a, a, a coffee table, Morocco book that I got from Barnes and Noble, like all our pictures from that trip. And she was like, uh, yeah. And, um, And I sent it to him and you know what, like we've been steadily messaging, we've moved it over to text like for 24 hours now. And, um, man, it's beautiful. It's like really beautiful. And, you know, I, I just, you know, Sarah Silverman finding this guy, you know, in, in her fifties and, you know, Chelsea Handler finding this guy at, you know, at 46 and, you know, I, and I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying anything. I mean, he, but, but he drives a Subaru. He loves to camp. He's, he's from the old family of Flagstaff, right? He's like an anarchist and, you know, uh, used to be in this really amazing group called Mila Raspa. They used to have these like amazing music, uh, festivals in the desert. And like, you know, their band was crazy punk rock. Like the lead singer, shout out to Jane, um, would scream into this like megaphone and they would like beat on these like I don't know metal things and like they were just super you know avant-garde and and modern and amazing and um you know and again I'm slow your roll right like I'm not saying anything but at the same time it's like you know why not be open to whatever and and when it's of course when it's the kindness is coming back in that same way you know and it's like wow like um why why keep your heart closed why be like oh i'm i'm writing off you know this gender forever or i i'm never no one's ever going to love me or you know any of that like but but like how how exciting and amazing is it when you find yourself in that situation again you know heath and jamie they're coming on the podcast and the in the and you know the upcoming podcast they're married th- their third time now um you know like how how beautiful is that to like continue to hope. Um, you know, my, my brother, you know, he's married for the second time and, um, you know, Mary's beautiful, uh, Zennial Dana, you know, she's like, she turned 41 the next day, um, after her wedding, you know, got Ryan Fisher, who's this amazing, um, you know, singer songwriter that's going to be on at the end of the month. You know, he's putting out his first album at 40, you know, 47 years old. But the point being that like, how exciting is it well, how do I want to word this? I just want to get away from us stigmatizing being older and like middle life and like, oh, you know, if you're 40 and you're not married yet, well, you're basically, you know, no one's ever going to fuck or date you, you know, again, or whatever kind of bullshit um, people say, like, um, no, I I think some of us just mature at different times. I think some of us, um, you know, maybe, maybe we don't, we don't want that um, at certain points in our life. And, 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 you know, but maybe we're more open to it at other times. Now, this guy, I mean, he lived basically minutes away from me up until summer. Um, by the way, his name's Doug. I don't know if I've mentioned that. And he, he now lives in, in, in Prescott, which is like, you know, I mean, it's like a little bit of ways. So it's kind of nice because it's like, oh, my God, like all of these feels that we're sharing with each other upon this like walk down memory lane, um, which could end up being a very narrow lane. You don't you don't know these things. But why? But why not 
be hopeful? Why not think about what if, what could be? Um, I guess that's the moral of the story, right? Is that like, it's hope, it's gratitude. Like I'm more than anything um, of what I like wish or hope could transpire between me and this beautiful human that I had this amazing connection with 23 years ago, which again, it sounds like it's out of a fucking movie. Let's be honest. And, um, it is the, is the, uh, is the ability to thank him and for him to thank me, which I thought was pretty wild. He's like, thank you for like this. He's like, this adventure has been like such a big part of my stories for so many years. And I'm just like, wow, me too. Like, that's so neat. Like, even just to like meet again and hug, like we're, we're trying to have coffee in a couple weeks and just like, and just sit there and hold the space together and just see what that feels like 23 years later. I mean, that's fucking awesome. I don't know many people that can actually voice that as a thing that's happening. Um, it's so ironic, right? This is happening after my, my red crisis situation, but isn't that fucking life? And I think that's the whole point of this, this, you know, jibber jabber for the last, um, hour is that it life is a series of fucking endless waves. You're up and then you're down and then you're up and then you're down. And sometimes you're down a lot deeper and it takes a lot harder to get back up. Um, but it always happens. And if you, even in my deepest, darkest, depressed times, guys, I knew that there were things that I could be grateful about. And I really have tried to practice gratitude. I mean, so much, especially in the last like seven, eight years. And I don't know, maybe this is the manifestation of so many years trying to see the other side of the dark, the, 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 the yin and the yang, the, you know, the, the beauty with the ugly. I don't know. I think, I think that, um, I don't know. It's I'm tripped out guys. I'm super tripped out about this and, and I can't wait to, to let you guys know, like kind of what happens. Um, because I think it's, I think it's good. Like no matter what happens, approaching him with an open heart and mind has been so fun. It, I'm just going to say it. It's been fucking amazing. Like I don't, I don't gush a lot. Um, I definitely don't gush a lot over men and I'm, I'm only saying it like that because it's like, I mean, I'm. I, well, that's not true. Now that I think about it, I think I, I think I, I think when I'm into someone, I'm like so into them. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, the last person that I dated, I just wasn't so into like this, um, in, in this like sort of, I don't know, maybe I was, I, I'm like a, I, I'm a helpless romantic guys. What am I going to tell you? Um, but I just, I don't, I just want to, I want to share some of that joy and that sort of like, whoa, that's so tripped out kind of thing, because I just want you to hold on and I want you to hang out in this life. I want you to, I want you to, even if you're alone again this year, um, even if you think like, God, there's, there's, there's no one for me. I've been through all the apps. I've, I fucking tried all it's. It's not like, um, it's not like you can plan the joy that comes in your life. It's, it's, it's that, but I feel like you can sort of cultivate the space for it. Like rearrange your room. Like I did. I fucking opened up some shit, rearranged some shit, tried to stop watching so many streaming services. Um, I mean, that lasted about a weekend, but <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I don't know. Focus on yourself. Focus on how great you are and how great your company is. And you know what? Those fuck boys that aren't giving you attention or these fucking bitches that aren't giving you attention. Um, are you giving yourself the attention? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I spent so many years beating myself up, hating myself. Um, but I have this sort of new mantra that I look in the mirror and I go, when I get depressed, I go, but yeah, look at you. You're fucking beautiful. Fuck those guys. Fuck work. Fuck, fuck the rent sh situation. You're not a fucking loser because this shit's happening. Look at you, beautiful white hair. Look at you. Like self-love, man. That is, that's the best fucking gift you can give yourself. So if you got a birthday coming up like me, I feel like I'm doing an advert for Zales. <laughs> Only it's not, it's like the antithesis of Zales. For that perfect moment, that perfect birthday, that perfect holiday, give the gift of telling yourself you love yourself.
but I'm also dead serious. Man, just find that one thing. Maybe you fucking can't stand your face. I get it. Been there. I had to take baby steps. Be like, man, my eyebrows. Those are fucking on point. Um, wow, look at that. Like, um, my features are symmetrical. That's kind of cool because I hear that that's kind of a thing that's attributed to beauty. Um, but there were so many times in my life I couldn't even fucking look at myself in the mirror. So, um, which is really interesting. Like, I'm really interested to meet this human again after 23 years as this person rather than the person I was um, at 23 because um, I was such a different person. I was so, such a different person so lost and, and little and in, in my, in my journey, you know, I'd only started yoga a year before, oh, six months before that, oh, about a year, I guess I would have been almost a year. Um, and meditation just a couple years and I still didn't get it. I thought I did, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be really interesting, really kind of cool too. So anyway, on that note, I just want to tell you guys, uh, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you come and you listen and you hang out with me and you listen to my guests. Man, I'm excited for the folks that are coming up. Talk about gratitude. I mean, they're just such pure, beautiful humans. I'm so excited. So, um, yeah, stick around. And, um, you know what, guys, since I'm not going to be saying much to you, um, except for in the, in the, uh, intros, have a fucking awesome Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, um, fucking solstice, birthdays, New Year's, fucking make it count. Enjoy yourself. If you don't celebrate any of that fucking shit, just fucking enjoy yourself. Have a fucking picnic with yourself. Go camping by yourself. Man, I'm telling you, just come, come to the world with the love that you've given. Oh my God. I sound like a fucking mamas and papas kind of song, but Hey, you know what? There's some truth to that hippie shit. Um, it's just, yeah. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be an army.